What is going on, everybody, and welcome to episode number 35 of Sports Talk Buffalo. Since there is no Bills game this week, I thought it would be fun to go back and redo my prediction for the Buffalo Bills. When I first did my prediction before the season, I had them going 8-8. Eight and eight. Find out what my prediction is going to be in this upcoming episode. I'm also going to talk about the last three games of the Buffalo Sabres and if I believe they can keep this momentum going. So if you're ready, let's have some fun. Before we start this podcast, I want to take a quick time out to say thank you to everyone who has listened to me and continues to listen to me on a weekly basis. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, I want you to share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers, or anybody you know that enjoys sports talk about Buffalo. Let them know that they can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, on Anchor. If you want to contact me at all, you can get at me at my email, which is sportstalkbuffalo at yahoo.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at sportstalkbuff1. That's sportstalkbuff1 on Twitter to find out the latest news and notes from the show and also my opinions on a lot of the things that are going on in and around sports in general. Again, thank you all for listening. So let's keep this podcast growing and keep the ball rolling. So if you're ready, let's jump right into it. All right, before we jump into things, you're going to notice the format on this show is just a little bit different. I have scrapped the top stories in sports, but however, I do still want to talk about the major trade that happened today in the NFL. Star cornerback Jalen Ramsey has been traded from the Jacksonville Jaguars to the LA Rams in exchange for two, yes, two first round picks, uh, first round pick in 2020 and 2021, and also a fourth round pick in 2021. In my opinion, that is a lot to give up for a cornerback in this league. That is, it looks like a Hail Mary play by the LA Rams. They want to get back to their winning ways, and they're trying to figure out any way to make their team better. I don't know if he's going to make that much of a difference realistically, but that is just a lot to give up for a good cornerback in this league you can get a lot of things with two first round picks in the NFL but I digress so let's jump into the real reason of this first segment and that's me picking the Buffalo Bills again uh, the last time I picked the Buffalo Bills as you remember I picked them to go eight and eight before the start of the season I did not I knew their defense was good but I don't think I knew that their defense was going to be this good I didn't believe that Josh Allen would take as big a step as he has, at least in terms of accuracy. He still has the gunslinger mentality that has caused a lot of turnovers for the Buffalo Bills, but I still think that he will clean that up. He has just finished his first 16 full games start to finish in the NFL, and in those 16 games, he is 9-7, and seven. so very, very promising things from Josh Allen. Let's start with this week coming up against the Miami Dolphins. We are away in Miami this week, and I I mean, I don't want to say it's an easy W because no wins in the NFL 
are easy, but the Miami Dolphins are completely tanking. They're 0 and I believe they're 0 and 5 or 0 and 6. I think they're 0 and 6. Their average margin of defeat is 27.6 points. Let me say that again. Their average margin of defeat is 27.6 points. I'm sorry, 27.6 points. And that includes this past week's game where they lost by just one point. They are a very, very bad defense. And even though the Bills' offense isn't that great, I think the Bills are going to be able to carve up Miami, who has given up as follows. 59 points, 43 points, 31 points, 30 points, 17 points. That is an average of 36 points a game that this defense is giving up. So I believe the Bills are just going to walk all over the Miami Dolphins in Miami. The next week is going to be against the Eagles. And this was kind of a tough one. I have them taking an L against the Eagles in this game. The Eagles are 3-3 so far with wins against the Redskins, Packers, and Jets and losses against the Vikings, Lions, and Falcons. However, the Eagles are ninth in points scored at 26.8. And defense is second against the run, averaging, uh, allowing just 72.8 yards on the ground to opposing offenses. Uh, They are, however, 29th against the pass, uh, allowing 280.2 yards to opposing offenses. But uh, I just think that the Bills lose this game. The Eagles have a very good team, I believe, and I just don't don't foresee the Bills winning uh, in this one. The next one is against the lowly Washington Redskins, who are 1-5. They Their only win is against the Miami Dolphins, and that was by just one point. And that was with also the Miami Dolphins going for two points on the final play of the game to try to get the win against the Redskins. It was a terrible play. It was a terrible play call, and it failed miserably for the Dolphins. But I understand what they're doing. They're tanking. They want that number one overall pick. And they want the quarterback of their choice in this upcoming draft, as it is a very quarterback-rich draft, depending on who is coming out. Also, they have uh, fired their head coach just two weeks ago, so they have an interim head coach right now. The Redskins are 30th in team offense and 28th in team defense, so that goes to show you just Uh, what the Bills are up against with the Redskins. In the next game, they play the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. Now, right now, the Browns sit at 2-4, and but the Bills are going to be in Cleveland for this one. This was a tough one. A lot of people might not agree with me on this one, but I have the Bills taking an L in Cleveland. I think Mayfield's going to come out. He's going to want to Prove that he is the better quarterback than Josh Allen. There's a reason he's going to want to prove that there's a reason why they picked him number one overall. And I just don't think he's going to want to lose against the likes of Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. And he has a ton of weapons at his disposal in Cleveland. I think they're going to be able to pull this one out. I don't think it's going to be a very high scoring game uh, overall. The following week is at home against the Dolphins and you have probably guessed how I picked that one. It is a, a W. It is an I think it's going to be an even more convincing win than this week's game since this week's game is away. The next game against the Dolphins is going to be at home 
I have them taking in a clear and easy W in that game. The next game is against the Denver Broncos. It is at home against the Broncos, who are 2-4 and four so far. The Broncos have are just 26th in offense, but they are 7th in defense. They allow just 196 pass yards per game, which is good for 4th in the NFL. And they allow 17.7 points per game, which is good for 7th in the NFL. So I think Buffalo is going to have a very tough game against the Broncos. But I do think their defense is going to be better than the defense of the uh, Denver Broncos. And I think that the Bills are going to come out on top of another very low-scoring game. I think the Bills are going to have a lot of very low-scoring games this entire season because I don't think the offense is quite up to the level of where the defense is uh, for the Buffalo Bills. The following game is against the uh, Dallas Cowboys. I'm sorry. I have the Bills taking a loss in this one. I know the Cowboys are coming off of three straight losses. Uh, Obviously, they're not going to be coming off of three straight losses going into this game, but they are coming off of three straight losses this week, uh, going into this week. I have them losing because it is against the Dallas Cowboys. It is a short week. They're playing on Thanksgiving in primetime, and the Cowboys, they have a very good team. The Cowboys are 10th in offense, 8th in defense, and they allow just 19 points per game, which is good for 8th in the NFL. Again, I have the Bills losing this game to the Dallas Cowboys, a game that I had them losing in the previous picks, even though the Bills look a lot better. Again, short week, Thanksgiving Day. I just think that the Dallas Cowboys take this one in another very, very close game. I think the Bills' defense is going to hold them in a lot of games provided uh, Josh Allen in the offense doesn't turn the ball over too much. I think the Bills will pretty much be in uh, close games all season long. The following game is at home against the Ravens. I have the Bills winning this game, even though right now the Ravens sit at 4-2. and two. I think Lamar Jackson struggles against this Buffalo Bills defense. I think he has a very difficult time passing. It is later in the year. It's going to be cold. It's going to be probably wet. It it most likely is going to be snowing. I think the Bills pulled this one out against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and I even though the Ravens are first in rushing in the NFL, they average 205 rushing yards per game. Um, they are 20. They are, however, 25th against the pass, and they allow 269.5 yards per game. So I think Josh Allen is going to carve up that Baltimore Ravens defense. Next game, away against the Steelers. As you all know, the Steelers lost their starting quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, to an elbow injury. He is done for the season. They also lost their backup quarterback, Mason Rudolph, with a nasty concussion a few weeks ago. However, I it should Mason Rudolph is already practicing. He should easily be back by the time the Bills play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I think... Even though Mason Rudolph has played well, he has seven touchdowns to just two interceptions, I think that the Bills' defense is just too good for the young quarterback. I think the Bills are going to overwhelm him, and I think the Bills are going to take this one fairly easily um, at or away. Actually, maybe they don't take this one fairly easily. I'm sorry. I thought this one was home. I think the Bills are going to win another close game away in Pittsburgh. I think Bills Mafia is going to travel very well down to Pittsburgh, and I think... 
that uh, the Bills are going to overwhelm Mason. The Bills defense is going to overwhelm Mason Rudolph, and I think the offense is going to be able to do just enough to be able to pull out a win in Pittsburgh. The next game is also away. It is against the New England Patriots, and you should know how I'm going to vote this one. The Buffalo Bills get a big fat loss in this one as they lost at home to the Patriots. They sh- they could have won that game. They could have easily won that game against the Patriots. They did lose at home. I think the Patriots are going. It's going to be a more convincing victory against the Patriots when they play in Foxborough against Tom Brady. I will never pick against the. I will never pick the Bills to beat the Patriots while Tom Brady is the quarterback for New England, as he has completely owned the Buffalo Bills over the last two or two decades or so. I just simply will not pick the Bills to beat the Patriots until Tom Brady is no longer the quarterback in New England. The last game of the year, it is at home. It's against the New York Jets. This one was difficult, more difficult for me to pick. I know the Jets have only one win. They did win against Dallas this past week, and Sam Darnold looked very, very good in that game. I think think the Bills still win this game, um, but I think it's going it's going to be close. Um, I can't get much closer than the, the first game that they played, one-point victory, but I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be within 10 points, and I think that the Bills are still going to be able to suffocate Sam Darnold and the New York Jets offense enough so that the Buffalo Bills offense can, can do their thing on the field and really control the game. Again, this one is at home. The Bills have already beaten the Jets in New Jersey, so I think that the Bills are going to win their last home game here in Buffalo. I think they're going to want to go into the playoffs uh, on a very high note, on a very strong note, and, and on a winning note. Ladies and gentlemen, my prediction in the preseason was that the Bills will go 8-8. Eight and eight. My prediction, uh, my updated prediction, if you were keeping count, my updated prediction is 11 and 5. 11 and 5. I have not been this optimistic about the Buffalo Bills in a very very long time if ever. And I got to tell you part of it is strength of schedule. I don't think the Bills have a very strong schedule coming up in the second part of their season. I think the Bills could very easily be an 11 and 5 team and be a wild card team going into the going into the playoffs for their second time in just three years, which is a huge accomplishment for the Bills and McDermott and Brandon Bean, considering the Bills had not been to the playoffs in a very, very long time before they took over. The Bills, there you have it. The Bills, 11-5 to end the season, going into the playoffs, and maybe they make some noise in the playoffs. I'm not sure, you know, this defense, when you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. The Bills have a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic defense. Probably the top three in the NFL, if not the best defense in the NFL. So you never know what can happen if you make it into the playoffs. But that's going to do it for this segment. Stick around. In the next segment, I'm going to talk about the the last three games of the Buffalo Sabres and how they looked and who they played against. So stick around if you want to check out my opinion on the Buffalo Sabres last three games. All right, welcome back to segment two of Sports Talk Buffalo. Let's jump right into things and start talking about the Buffalo Sabres. My goodness, this is 
far better than I could have ever expected the, the Sabres start off this season. With essentially the same lineup, a few key pieces here here and there that are different. The Sabres are 5-0-1. They have yet to lose in regulation through six games. That is astonishing. And the analytics, supposedly, back up that the Sabres, the way that the Sabres are playing, if they can play like this all season long, that this is sustainable and I could not be more excited they look like a team they look like they have balanced scoring they look like they have improved defense and improved goaltending and my gosh I am so so excited about the Buffalo Sabres season let's start off by talking about the Sabres versus the Canadians the Sabres won five to four in overtime and I am just going to throw this out there and say Jack Eichel was dominant. My goodness, he was so, so good in this game. He had two goals and two assists for four points. He was everywhere in this game. He controlled the entire game. I know that the Sabres, it took the Sabres to overtime, but the Sabres would not even be anywhere near there if it was not for the dominant play of Jack Eichel. My goodness, he had a an end-to-end goal Similar the way he did when he first got in the league. He took the puck down by the left boards, the closest boards to the um, camera angle of the uh, MSG camera. And he took it around the circle, faked out one guy with a nice toe drag at his own blue line, blazed up the middle of the ice, one on three, and just curl, drag, and fired a shot five hole that beat the goalie, my goodness, it it was a great goal, his first goal was great too, on the power play, far side, bar in, it was a a very, very good goal also for Ikes in that respect too, the power play is absolutely deadly for the Buffalo Sabres, and it has been and continues to be, it has been the absolute catalyst for a majority of the Sabres' goals and a majority of their offense, but The Sabres are getting power plays by spending a lot of time in the offensive zone and cycling the puck and really outworking a lot of the other teams. Um, You know, Rasmus Dahlin, he had kind of a a rough game in this one. He had a terrible giveaway on the power play that did lead to a goal, uh, a shorthanded goal for Montreal. Even in a bad game, this is how good Dahlin is. Even in a game where he wasn't playing his best, he still had two assists. So that goes to show you that he is still on the upswing. Jeff Skinner also scored in this game. It was a fantastic, fantastic play by both Yoki Haru and Marcus Johansson to keep the play alive at the blue line. Yoki Haru pinches in on the right side, uh, keeps the puck in. Johansson takes the puck off the blue line, comes in, nice nifty little pass to Jeff Skinner who holds weights on the backhand and finishes it off. My goodness, it was a fantastic play all around. And I got to say that Jeff Skinner and Marcus Johansson, they look like they have a really, really good chemistry together. They are playing very, very well together. So the Sabres win that one 5-4 in overtime. On to the next game. The Sabres play the the Pittsburgh Panthers. Jesus. (laughs) The Florida Panthers. Uh, they win this one 3-2 in a shootout, and I gotta say, the Sabres were, in my opinion, completely outplayed in this game, outclassed, and the fact that they came out with the win was huge. Linus Olmark was spectacular. 
in this game. He made 41 saves, not including any of the saves he made in the shootout. He had a .953 save percentage in this game. He was just absolutely lights out. He continued his strong play from the first game. I know that they lost in overtime when Olmark played against the Columbus Blue Jackets. He had a strong game in Columbus, carried it over, had another strong game in Florida against or against the Panthers. The fourth, the quote-unquote fourth line, also known as the log line, L-O-G, Larson, Ocposo, Gergensens, or the Roaring Twenties line. I like the Roaring Twenties line better. Obviously, all players wearing numbers that are in the 20s. They accounted for all of the offense in this game. It was very fun to see them all get rewarded. They have been playing some uh, spectacular hockey through the first six games, if they can keep this up, I got to tell you, it was it's probably the most improved line on the Buffalo Sabres. And it's going to be a huge, huge reason that the Sabres can continue to win on a nightly basis. Gergensen's had one goal. Akposo had two assists. Or Larson had one goal, I'm sorry. Akposo had two assists. Gergensen's had two assists. And in this game, Middlestat continued to show his shootout prowess as he comes in on uh, Bobrovsky and beats him with a beautiful backhand shot up under the bar, tucks it in, gives the Sabres the win in the shootout for that one. On to the next game. It was an afternoon game, a matinee game for the Buffalo Sabres in Buffalo against the Dallas Stars. The Sabres win this game 4 to nothing, and Carter Hutton gets the shutout in this one. He made 25 saves, including several big saves to keep the game at one to nothing. One against uh, Taylor Fadoon, roaring up the right side, rips a shot blocker side, and it was very casually shrugged away by Carter Hutton, who has looked very, very, very comfortable this season. He has his movements are short and compact. He doesn't look like he's worrying too much about the backdoor pass. He is covering his angles well, and he is making big saves when the Sabres need it. Also in this game, Victor Olofsson, or Golovson as he is going to be known in Buffalo, scores another power play goal. He is now the first player ever in NHL history to score his first seven career goals on the power play. A thing that the Sabres really wanted to see out of Olofsson is, can he play better 5-on-5? And I thought in this game, his game really started to, to come around. He was winning puck battles. He was really digging in the corners. He wasn't just floating. He was producing 5-on-5. He did get an assist 5-on-5 in this game. And like I said, I think his game is really rounding into form. And I think that number one line is very, very dangerous for the Buffalo Sabres. Also in this game, Casey Middlestad and his line looked very, very good. Hemming the Dallas Stars in their zone for, I think it was way well over a minute. They looked very, very, very good. Middlestad looked fast. He looked confident. He was toe-dragging. He was making moves all over the ice, getting scoring chances. And that is what you want to see out of the young man. To continue to play with that much confidence and the points and the goals will come for Casey Middlestat. He is too good for them not to start coming, provided he continues to play the way he played against the Dallas Stars. 
Also, somebody who looked very good in this game was Rasmus Dahlin. He was creating his own offense. He had one shot in which I believe it hit the knob of the goalie stick, a curl and drag play, which he curled it and fired it. High blocker happened to just hit the knob of the goalie stick. He also had one where he came in over the blue line, chipped one off the boards around the defenseman, picked it up, did a toe drag shot, and just missed beating Ben Bishop on the on low on the blocker side. Ben Bishop just got enough of his pad on it to keep it out of the goal. Deline, if he can play like that and have have games like that, he is going to be a very, very special player, and he's going to score a lot of points in this league. He's also been very, in my opinion, he has been very solid on his on the defensive end. In this game, Jack Eichel had two assists. Victor Olofsson had a goal and an assist. Reinhardt had a goal. Skinner had a goal, and Johansson had a goal. Skinner scores again. A lot of people were worried that without Jeff Skinner on the first line next to Jack Eichel, he would not be able to produce at the rate that he produced um, last year and the reason why he got so much money from the Buffalo Sabres. But I got to tell you, he has slotted in very, very well on that second line. And it makes sense. When you look at it, it does make sense to take Jeff Skinner off of that line and put him on a line, on a second line with his own guys. I know he's just a winger, but he played in Carolina for a long time. He never had an elite center, an elite center in Carolina, and he was able to drive play and produce at a very high rate in Carolina without a top center. And I think that him and Johansson look very, very, very good together. They look like they have a very natural chemistry. And right now, Jeff Skinner is on pace for over 50 goals. Is he going to score over 50 goals? Probably not. But if he can pot 30 to 35 goals on the second line with a Marcus Johansson as his number two center, the Buffalo Sabres are in very, very good shape. So on my Twitter, I did a Twitter poll and I asked through six games, the Sabres are 5-0-1. Will they make the playoffs? 58% of the people said yes. That's all they needed to see. The Sabres are playing like a team. They're playing well. Their defense looks good. Their offense looks good. Their goaltending is improved. They will make the playoffs. 12% of the people said no, they will not make the playoffs. They're going to crash and burn like they did last year. And 30% of the people said I need to see more games out of the Buffalo Sabres to see if they can sustain their winning ways. Now, it surprised me. I thought a lot of people were going to vote for the I need to see more games because we have fallen for this before. The Sabres won 10 games last year. Unfortunately, a lot of those games were one-goal games, and I think that the Sabres got a lot of puck luck in those 10 games. And this year, it is not puck luck, the analytics are saying that the Sabres are playing very well and that they are are dominating other teams in games. And the, the games that they're not dominating teams in, they're still finding ways to win the game, whereas last year they would find a way to lose a lot of these games. So it is a very, very promising thing that the Sabres started out 5-0-1. They're going to lose in regulation, of course, at least some point in this season. They're going to all have an off game and they're going to lose... Um, the season, do I think the Sabres are going to make the playoffs? I I don't know. I still need to, I'm in the I need to see more games category myself. If the Sabres can continue the way that they have played through the first six games, 
I think if they can do this for 20 to 25 games, that's all I'll need to see to say that they can make the playoffs this year in one of the best uh, conferences or conferences and one of the best divisions in the NHL. I think that was really the biggest thing for the Sabres is that they're in one of the most difficult divisions to get into the playoffs. So, but if the Sabres keep playing like this, my goodness, there I don't think there's going to be a team that can that can really stop them. They they are a very very solid team. They have depth. They have added depth scoring. They have uh, added defense. And I gotta say, in the off season, a lot of people criticized Jason Botterill for the moves that he made, and more so for the moves that he didn't make. And it seems like it's working out really, really well for the Buffalo Sabres so far. Marcus Johansson looks great. Not good, great for the Buffalo Sabres in that second line center role. He is fast. He is good at the at offensive zone entry. He can carry the puck. He can dish it off to uh, Jeff Skinner, who obviously we all know Jeff Skinner can uh, finish plays very well. Johansson in six games has three goals and two assists for the Buffalo Sabres at five points. Better than I think a lot of people believed he would be coming in here. Is he going to be able to keep up that pace? Probably not as high, but if he can get somewhere between 45 and 50 points, I think that the move to bring Johansson in here will pay off in in spades. Another move that is very, very underrated is bringing in Yoki Haru. That kid and his passing ability and getting being able to get the puck out of the zone is stellar. Absolutely stellar. If you haven't watched some of his highlights this year through six games, you need to go watch them. This kid can thread the needle. He was in his own end on the on the right circle and fired a pass to Casey Middlestad, springing him for a breakaway in between all five defend. It, it was an incredible pass and that is something that the Sabres have lacked for the last, pardon me, for the last few years. It has been awesome to watch the Buffalo Sabres. Another thing that I think is much, much improved is the coaching. Something that we might not look a lot into is the coaching. Ralph Kruger seems like he is calm and cool and confident and under control throughout everything. Good, bad, or ugly, he looks like he will be a guy that can take control of the situation. Unlike Phil Housley, Phil Housley often looked very confused. He looked like he he didn't have confidence that he didn't know what he was doing. He really looked like he had no idea and was overwhelmed with the job of being a head coach. Is he a good assistant coach? Yeah, he's he's a good assistant coach. I just don't think that he is or was ready to be a head coach in the National Hockey League. But I think the Sabres, through five games, I think they got it right with Ralph Kruger. I think that was a a fantastic hire, an out-of-the-box hire. And you have to give a ton of credit to Jason Botterill and his staff for really understanding the type of coach that Ralph Kruger was and going out and finding a guy that wasn't a retread of all the NHL guys that are that were going around the Dave Tippets and things like that. 
I love this hire now. I was very skeptical of it. I love this hire. I think that, that Ralph Kruger is going to bring good things to Buffalo for as long as he is the head coach here in Buffalo. But that's going to do it for this episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. I want to say thank you to everyone who has listened to this episode. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Sports Talk B-U-F-F-1. You can also email me uh, at yahoo.com, which is sportstalkbuffalo at yahoo.com. Remember to tell people that you can hear me on all of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, right here on Anchor. That's going to conclude this week's show. Thanks for listening. Have a good week.